Be encouraged. Welcome to a podcast centered around being encouraged, being an encouragement to someone, and being encouraged, replacing fear with unwavering trust. I hope you are encouraged today by a message from Michelle Reynolds. No matter what phase you are in in life, you can be encouraged in Christ. Hi, you guys. Welcome back. I just kind of wanted to share with you all today about an area of my life where I could call it a comeback, um, where I have intended on doing the right thing and had the favor of God over my life, yet I went through a difficult time or I went through a pit in my life where God had to restore or God chose to restore this area of my life. And I also wanted to connect that with a biblical story that I'm sure we are all familiar with. And that's the story of Joseph. So Joseph is the youngest son of Jacob. Well, let me not say the youngest son because he had a younger brother, but he's one of the younger sons of Jacob. But he was Jacob's favorite son because Jacob had him with his favorite wife, which was Rebecca. And because Joseph was Jacob's favorite son, he made him a coat of many colors, which signified his favor, which signified Joseph's favor with his father. And his brothers, Joseph's brothers, were jealous of Jacob because he had his father's favor. But not only that, Jacob also began to have dreams. And in his dreams, his brothers who already hated him, who were already jealous of him, were going to bow down and worship him. Not only would his brothers bow down and worship him, so would his father. So when Jacob had these dreams, he went to his brothers and he explained to them what God had revealed to him in his dream. So of course, his brothers, who again were already jealous and angry with him, resented him even more. So they devised this plan to kill their brother, to kill Joseph, and to basically rid themselves of his arrogance or his boastfulness. And so they came up with this plan and they actually tried to see it through. And as they were seeing Joseph come from a ways off, they decided that they were going to, you know, go ahead and execute their plan. As Joseph was arriving, one of the brothers, and I believe his name is Reuben, he convinced his other brothers not to kill Joseph, but to sell him as a slave. So they put Joseph into this pit. Some Canaanite men were traveling and they were on their way to Egypt. So the brothers decide to sell Joseph into slavery. They take his coat of many colors. They cover it in animal's blood and they go back and tell their father that Joseph is dead. All the while, Joseph is living in Pharaoh's palace as a slave where he then still has the favor of God, where he's working and he's serving and he's he's being blessed and Pharaoh's house is being blessed as a result of God's favor on Joseph. So Joseph is being exalted in the kingdom and then he goes through another difficult time. The wife of his master is interested in him sexually. And instead of 
Joseph falling into that temptation, he remains faithful to his master and he resists the temptation of his master's wife. You know, he explains to her that his master has given him authority over everything and has given him everything except her. Why would he betray his master? Well, this woman, evil indeed, decided to lie and say that Joseph raped her. So Joseph goes to jail for a false accusation. And while he's in jail, there are two people in jail with him, the king's cupbearer and the king's baker. And while they're in jail, the cupbearer has a dream and the king's baker has a dream. And they come to Joseph and Joseph interprets their dreams. One, in the dream, he's going to be killed. The other is going to be restored back to his rightful place as the king's uh, cupbearer. And as Joseph is telling them these dreams, he said to the one, the cupbearer, that was going to be restored back to his position. I want you to remember me. You know, I want you to go and speak on my behalf and get me out of jail. So the cupbearer left and it was two years later after he was released from prison and restored back to his position that Pharaoh has a dream and he nobody like none of the wise magicians, none of nobody in the kingdom could interpret his dream. And then the cupbearer remembers Joseph that Joseph was able to interpret his dream and everything that he said about his dream had came to fruition. So the cupbearer again tells Pharaoh about Joseph. Joseph goes and interprets the king's dream, executes a plan in order to help the king with his dream, and he Joseph is restored back to his exalted position. And as he's preparing and helping the king devise and execute this plan, his brothers come to Egypt and come to the palace because there's a famine and they need food. They're hungry and none of his brothers recognizes him, but he recognizes his brothers. And throughout this time, um, you know, he goes and he talks to his brothers and they don't really know who he is. And then once he exposes who he is to them, they all break down and weep and they're afraid that he's going to kill them. Instead, Joseph makes the famous statement that for you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, meaning that everything that he had gone through, they intended it to harm him. But everything that he did actually led him to be where he is at the time he was there for that moment, for him to be able to feed them when they were hungry, for him to be able to help them when they were in need. So every time I think about that story, I always think of God as the God of the comeback. You know, we all go through difficult times. We all go through something where we go through this difficulty or we go through this pit in our life. And God, if we allow him to comes in those things and work those things out for our good, he always comes and he shows us that he's the God of restoration. He can restore any situation. And for me, the reason why I'm sharing this story with you all is because this Thursday, I will be graduating from LSUA with my bachelor in English and a minor in psychology. And what's so great for me about this experience is I'm not going to be able to walk across a stage 
you know, I'll be able to enjoy a virtual ceremony at home with my kids. But it's the best way for me. It's the best way that I could spend this time. And the reason I say that is because at one point, right when I got out of high school, I went to Southern University and, you know, I really wanted to graduate from college, but I wanted to graduate for the wrong reasons. I wanted to graduate because no one in my family has graduated from college, you know, so I wanted to be that first one to say, oh, I'm the first one in my family to graduate from school. You know, everything about me going to Southern and wanting to graduate was all for the wrong reasons. It was nothing that was God-centered about me going to school or me wanting to get a degree. And as time went on and I became more mature and began to seek the idea of going to school again, I still couldn't persevere. You know, I, I tried, I registered at LSUA several times and I actually attempted to do it and things would never line up the way I thought they should. Financially, I, it became a burden or I like, again, I couldn't persevere. I couldn't manage my time. And again, it was because my intentions were not right. My heart was not pure. I was doing it because not only now was I wanting to be the first person to graduate in my family, I felt like having a degree would elevate me in the social economic way of viewing the world. I thought that it would give me some type of validation. It would give me the world's affirmation. And again, my intentions were not pure. I was doing it because I wanted people to see me as being this certain type of person. And I remember when that actually clicked and changed for me. At my church, we do this thing, it's called Children's Sermon, where every Sunday, a group of women, we all rotate and we go down to the altar and we teach a just a brief five to 10 minute children's message that's catered just to the children in our church. Of course, the adults in the congregation can hear, but it's focused and directed towards the kids. And my very first Sunday teaching a children's sermon, um, one of our elders in the church who had been my angel, she had been my godsend, you know, she planned my baby shower. She was just that person who really helped to nurture me in different areas. Well, she came to me immediately after church that Sunday and she said, your gift is teaching. Don't waste it. So when she told me that, I, I you know, I kind of brushed it off. It really didn't click for me at that time. You know, I just kind of like, okay, whatever. Thank you. <laughs> and so I went to work that Monday. And that Monday evening, we had a women's Bible study at my pastor and his wife's house. And when I went to the Bible study straight after work, I walked in right in time for prayer when they were getting ready to bless the food and everything was just getting started and as my my pastor was praying he began to speak of miss doris and the past tense and I, I immediately picked up on okay something why is he talking about her like that why is he saying that like that so after he was done praying i asked one of the ladies i was like hey why why is he saying that about Miss Doris like that and she was just like oh you don't know 
And I'm like, well, what don't I know? And she told me that Miss Doris had been um, picking lemons in her yard that Sunday and she fell down and she passed away. And it hit me to my core. It, it hit me to my core. And I walked outside and I, I weeped like I, I, I weeped because she was she was my friend. She was my mentor. And again, still her words hadn't really connected on me. And, you know, as days went on, I really started to just reflect over her life and, and the relationship her and I had. I remembered her telling me, your gift is teaching. Don't waste it. And in that moment, when I was reflecting, I thought, if teaching is my gift, if that's what I'm supposed to be doing, I don't want to not be qualified for what God is wanting me to do because I was not responsible with my time and my resources. Whatever it is that God wanted for me or from me, I want to be able to do those things. And so if I'm going to be a teacher, well, there's no school that I can go and teach at without being qualified to do so. So I decided that I was going to go back to school. And when I registered at LSUA, they didn't have a social work program. They did have a connection with Northwestern where I could go to a different location off the campus and do it. And and those things just didn't work out the way I thought it should. And it just wasn't what God was calling me to or leading me to at the time. So I ended up uh, taking up a major in English because I love to write. I love to read. I may not be the best uh, at it at articulating or using correct pronunciation, but I, I love something about reading a story and being able to um, look deeper into the meaning of something. So I decided that I would major in English. And because I had so many credits, because again, I left Southern University, I flunked out in my junior year. I had so many credits for social work that I was able to kind of use some of those for free electives, use some of those for a minor in psychology. Well, anyway, um, so that when I when that happened and I decided that I was going to go back to school, you know, I started to really put forth the effort. I started to register for classes, put money aside, manage my time. Uh, I really began the journey of doing it right. And I wrote I remember I wrote it on a post-it note and I put that I will graduate December of 2019. And I took that orange post-it note and I put it in my windowsill. But every every time I wash dishes, I read this note. I focused on this note. And I was convinced that I was going to graduate December of 2019. So as time went on, I was working. I was doing what I was supposed to do. I was really putting forth the effort. And again, I was convinced that December of 2019, I was going to graduate. And when December of 2019 came around last year, I did not have the GPA required for me to graduate because I had so many failing credits from Southern University no matter how many courses I took, and even though I was making A's and B's, I still could not increase my GPA to a 2.0. My GPA was like a one point, like a 1.8, 1.9, 1.9, 1.9, 1.9, 1.9, 1.9, 1.9, 1.9, 1.9, 1.9, 1.9, 1.9, 1.9, 1.9, 1.9, 1
by the time I came to December of 2019. But I had taken all the classes that I needed to have a bachelor. I had taken all the classes that I needed to have my minor. Not only that, but I was exhausted on paying tuition because I was doing an accelerated program from LSUA every seven weeks, depending on how many courses I took in that seven week period. My husband and I were having to come up with, you know, in between 1200 to two grand every seven weeks. And that was hard. That was a burden. You know, it took away from so many other things. And not only that, but I'm still in debt from you know, my, the fact that I took out student loans at Southern University and the fact that I did not finish, you know, so all those things, all those factors were playing into this frustration that, oh, I just need to graduate. I just need this to be over. So again, um, when my professor my and my advisor reached out to me, she told me, she was like, hey, you know, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to graduate. I, I know that this sucks for you, but you're just going to have to pick up some classes in the spring and you have if you take this number of classes and you make all A's you could graduate in the spring of 2020 so immediately I wanted to throw myself a pity party you know the day I found out I called one of the elders of my church and she's like um again she's one of those people who I can just truly go to and then and just be open and say life sucks right now and kind of cry and she'll she'll put my focus back she'll give me the perspective, the perspective that I need so I was at work I was at school and uh I called her I went in the bathroom and I just kind of weeped and kind of told her that I was so disappointed and it wasn't so much that I was disappointed in the fact that I wasn't graduating but I was beginning to question whether or not I was on track spiritually because I just knew that that's what God wanted for my life. I knew that God wanted me to graduate in December of 2019 because I really felt like the Holy Spirit had told me that, you know, and so I was so confused on am I really in connection in my relationship with the Holy Spirit and God like I thought I was? And, you know, she talked to me. She, Like I said, she put me back on track. She gave me the focus that I needed. And she said, it's not my will, but God's will. You know, so anytime that I'm going through something, I give myself 24 hours. <laughs> and I know that might sound crazy, but I give myself 24 hours to say, life sucks. You know, I, I kind of give myself that time to be okay with not being okay. And then after those 24 hours, it's back to, all right, Lord, you know, I, I may not understand what you're doing, but I trust you. You know, I I, under, I, I may not get it, but I'm going to always go back to you. I'm going to always come back to you because I know that you know what's best for me. So I gave myself that 24 hours and I... My, as I was communicating with my professor, I was, I was okay. I had the peace of God and I'm just like, you know what, whatever it is that we need to do, I'm willing, you know, whatever it is I got to do, let's just get it done. There's nothing else for me to do. I can sit here and complain. I can sit here and whine, but that's not going to change the situation. We just have to move forward and do what it is that God wants me to do, you know? So that was the conversation between my advisor and I. And as the as the days went on, you know, coming into the new year, 
I still was praying like, okay, Lord, you know, I trust you. Whatever it is that you want me to do, I'm going to do. We began looking up what courses I could take. And it became so difficult because all the courses that were available, all that they provided or what as options I had already taken for my major and my minor. So I was going to end up having to take random courses that had absolutely nothing to do with what I was graduating in in order to increase my GPA. So um, as me and my provisor, as we realized this, you know, she started working some things out and she was like, well, hey, I am going to see if one other professor along with myself would do independent studies for you. So she, I mean, like she was going above and beyond. She got some people together. She had one of the other English professors say that he would be willing to teach me to independent studies and she would teach me to independent studies. They went and when she went to go and get approval, she was basically told that or she was denied the ability to teach me the independent courses because the university wasn't willing to pay her to only teach me. So she went a step further and said that, well, I'll teach her for free. You know, I'll teach her the independent studies for free. Of course, I will still have to pay my tuition, but she was willing to not get paid in order to help me through this journey. And uh, when she expressed that to me, all I could, you know, I show all I could do was tell her how grateful I was for her and her willingness to be able to step out and do that for me and be willing to help me in, in that way. And, you know, so we were preparing for me to do the independent studies that she was going to teach me for free. Well, one day I was at, uh, I was at work and she called or she emailed me and she said, Hey, you know, give me a call or, you know, I, I have something I want to share with you. So I give her a call um, while I was on my lunch break and she told me, she was like, hey, I just want to let you know that you're going to be able to graduate this spring without having to take any more courses. And immediately I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> you know, I, I was so excited and happy. But at the same time, I wanted to know what was different, what happened. And she explained to me that LSUA hadn't adopted the repeat and delete program like most colleges have, where if you fail a course and you retake that course, they'll drop your failing grade and replace it with the uh, the passing grade. Well, LSUA hadn't adopted that program yet. So all of my failing grades from Southern University, when I transferred to LSUA, they also transferred, which brought my GPA down so low. Well, when she was, when she was going and she was I guess combating on my behalf, uh, LSUA decided to go ahead and implement this repeat and delete program for me. So where they dropped all of my failing grades, which then increased my GPA to where it needed to be. And I, all I could do was just thank God. All I could do was just praise his name. But then I also learned something different about God. I also learned a new part of his character and his nature that I would not have learned if I would have graduated in December of 2019. So what I went through brought me to a better understanding of God and who he is. You know, it scripture does say, write the vision and make it plain. So me writing my vision was not the bad thing, but the fact that 
I was expecting God to do what I wanted him to do or what I wrote down as a vision when I thought it should be done distracted me from focusing on God and who he is. So I'm grateful for my experience. I'm grateful for all that I went through. It was a very costly lesson that I had to learn, but I thank God for my journey. I thank him that I went to Southern and I flunked out. I thank him that I went through those years of struggling and understanding who he is and who, you know, who he wants me to be. And to be able to say that I'm graduating on Thursday is, is awesome. It's, it's awesome in the fact that I'm not worried about the fact that I'm having a degree. I'm not worried about the fact that, oh, this degree is going to make me uh, look better in society's eyes. It's, I'm not worried about the fact that, oh, uh, you know, it's going to exalt me. The only thing that I'm thinking about as I approach these days of being able to graduate is that God is good. He is so good at helping us focus on him and helping us to use the good and the bad things in our life for his glory and goodness. So this degree or this graduation is so significant to me because it is a reminder of all that God has done in my life. It's a reminder of all that God is capable of teaching me and showing me. So this Thursday, while I'm at home watching my virtual graduation, I'll be surrounded by my children. And at one point, I couldn't wait to walk across the stage and have on my robe and my gown. And then as time was approaching this graduation, I was like, I don't even want to walk. My husband made it clear though. He was like, Oh, you walking. I pay for you to graduate. I pay for these classes. You walking. But now I don't even have the option to walk except for, um, I think we're going to be able to do it in December. But right now it's not even about walking across the stage. It's just about enjoying the moment that God has allowed me to have. So, um, I just want you to think about, think about an area in your life where like Joseph and like me, you have gone through a pit and has God restored that area? Have you allowed him to restore that area in your life? What lesson is he teaching you through this pit? Because in everything that we go through, God has a lesson for us. Okay, y'all. Well, that's my story for today. Uh, I, I pray that you receive something from it. I'm going to go ahead and close this in prayer. And yeah. Father God, thank you so much for just blessing me with the gift of life, Lord. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for always working in my life. Lord, I pray that you continue to show me the lessons that you have for me to learn. I pray that you continue to help me to focus on growing in understanding of you, Father God. I pray for every person that listens to this message. I pray that wherever they are in their life, whether they're in a pit or whether they have come out of that pit, Father God, and you restored them. I pray that they will see you in every every area of their life, Father God. And I pray that everything that they think and say and do will be to glorify you, Father God. And I pray the same for my own life. So, Lord, I, again, I just thank you. I thank you for just being exactly who you are, Father God. And I just thank you for always being there. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. So that's it. I'll talk to y'all next time. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you today. 
Please share and come back next week for another episode of Be Encouraged.